Hello, I'm Paul Briley, and you're listening to Off The Comma. I'm a human who cares about supporting other humans. On this podcast, we'll explore all facets of what it means to feel stuck in life. We talk with people just like us who have found themselves sitting on a comma and not knowing where to go next. We'll unpack the experience with them, where they've been stuck, what it feels like, what they experienced, and what they learned. My goal is to inspire you by seeing yourself in others. I believe that when we feel more connected and seen, magic can happen. I am really excited about this week's episode because not only is it the first one that I've recorded since being uh, away for a month and traveling, but this is our very first pairs episode. So I'm really excited to have two gentlemen on the show today, Avery and Brian. Um, I'm going to let them tell you about themselves here shortly, but um this is our first time having two people on who are going to be talking about, uh, we're going to be doing this a little differently because Avery and Brian will be talking about an experience they've had with sitting on a comma that's a shared experience. So we'll be exploring that, but then we'll also be exploring what that was like, what that was like from each of their different perspectives. So whereas normally here on Off the Comma, we're talking to one person and unpacking their experience with being stuck and getting unstuck. Today, we're going to talk to a duo um, who have some some very strong bonds, very strong shared experiences, and see what it's like, you know, from a shared experience. So that's what's different about today's episode. Look forward to doing more episodes like this in the future, um, bringing on couples, bringing on families, bringing on people from different backgrounds and experiences who might also be sharing an experience with sitting on a comma. So with that said, I am going to stop rambling and <laughs> turn it over to Avery and Brian Baker, um, who I met this year, um, actually, maybe even the end of last year, if I recall, um, mm -hmm. and very excited to, to have them on the show. And let's get into your stories. So mm -hmm. Avery, Brian, um, how would you like to be known? And tell us a little bit about yourself. Let's start with the kind of the adjectives. How would you like to be known? Who would like okay. to go first? I'll go ahead and go first, uh, Paul. First off, thanks for having us. Uh, on your show. Um, yeah, it's crazy. It's been a while since uh, since we met for the first time. I think it was near the beginning of, of 2023. And uh, we're glad to bring a different flavor to mm -hmm. your show with the with the two of us with the uh, being the first pair on the show. But in terms of how it is that um, we would like to be known, uh, I would definitely say authentic, uh, very genuine, personable, um, I like to say we're people, people. Uh, and uh, I think, you know, a lot of times when people meet us, they um, they see our relationship as father and son. Mm -hmm. And they really um, they they not to toot our own horn, but they get inspired by what it is, uh, by what they see and what we do for um for a living at this point and in our business. And so all of those things, uh, I won't steal all of the adjectives, but uh, I'll leave a few, I'll leave a few for you, Pops. <laughs> well, I, I think the, you know, the one thing I would add is the word encouraging. Um, mm -hmm. You know, we're very uh, human-centered uh, individuals. And when we speak um, to audiences and the groups of people, encouragement is one of the biggest things that we always try to bring because quite frankly 
uh, everyone in the world could use some of that. Yeah. Uh, particularly in, in difficult and and uh, and challenging times, you know, we could all use some encouragement. But I also would add funny. I think that uh, we're pretty funny in terms of uh, just our senses of humor and our interaction with one another. And so those are the only things that I would add to what Avery said, Paul. It's just uh, we just have a good time doing what we do. Nice. Well, and and yeah, I love this about what you're describing and sharing. And I love, Brian, how you have added this element of funny and humor into it, because, you know, so often when we talk about these things that affect us as human beings and things that we experience when we're sitting on a comma or, you know, going through the process of being stuck and getting unstuck, it can feel very, very heavy. Yeah. And it's one of the things that I so enjoyed about interacting with you two when we first met and then obviously following your journey since then is you talk about the things that aren't easy to talk about. You acknowledge them, you put them on the stage or on the table, you normalize them and you lighten them up. And, mm -hmm. uh, you know, I just wanted to acknowledge you for that because I so appreciate that about the work that you do. And uh, we're going to hear more about that as well. So yeah, th thank you. Thank you, Paul. And and to be honest, you know, humor is a big part of of our lives. And, and you know, I, my my family, our family, you know, really, um, really blossoms around humor and it's helped us get through challenging times in our lives right and um i just think about family members uh that you know the, the type of people that when they're in the room everybody's smiling mm. and those are some of the most influential people in my life and so being able to um being able to laugh and share positive good times is uh so important to who we are as people nice nice all right. Well, before we get into our five questions, I always start by asking my guests, you know, what what is your intention for yourself today? So as you think about participating in this podcast and telling us your story, um, Brian, I think I'll start with you since yeah. Avery went first last time. Yeah. What What's your intention for yourself or your experience today? Well, you know, first of all, again, just excited to join you. Congratulations on your podcast. I've listened to several episodes and I, I really dig what it is that, that you're doing, the, the differentiating yourself from other podcasts. So I'm just happy to be part of it. Uh, I just wanted to uh, come on, spend some time uh, with you, uh, talking a little bit about um, our journey, tell some stories. We're storytellers. You know, it's very interesting when we talk to people. We, we always say that, you know, data is so important uh, in life, but people are wired for stories and that people can see themselves in stories where they may not be able to see themselves in the data. Mm. And so um, we just wanted to come on, uh, have a good time with you for, for, for the next hour, whatever amount of time that we have, and just talk a little bit about, um, you know, what it is that we can do in this life to try to make uh, the world a little bit better. Uh, mm -hmm. I often hearken back to a, a, a study on civility in America uh, that was done in 2019 that talks about 93% of the people uh, surveyed saying that we have a civility problem in our country. And, uh, and that's just alarming to me. And so we're always trying to let people know that, you know, although that trend is, is, is alarming and going in the wrong direction, we all have the opportunity to play a role in making that better. And so if we could do that a little bit today uh, with the time that we spend with you and is getting people to kind of view some things a little bit differently, 
you know, that, that, that's, that's worth it for me. Absolutely. Avery, how about you? What's your intention? Look at you using that data pops. I love it. I love it. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, I think for me, you know, we pride ourselves in having conversations that matter, you know, real conversations with people. And uh, from the time that we met, you, Paul, um, we, you know, I felt a genuine connection and we we um, were having real conversations about some of the issues that we were noticing uh, or we are noticing, you know, in the workplace when it comes to collaboration and some of those things. And so, uh, yeah, that's a, that's really my intention is to continue to have conversations that matter and to to put out information that, you know, some people can take a a thing or two from, and then grow it from there. So thank you. Thank you. Yeah. And it's, it's so powerful, right? Um, I will, I will see your intentions and raise you. My intention is to create that container in that space for you two to be able to share and, and achieve and accomplish your intentions. And then also I'll add the element of listening into it. Um, you know, that's one of the things that I have continued to learn more and more and more is the importance of listening. And the more I learn it, the, the more I learn how much more opportunity there is to listen more and longer and deeper. And so, um, I talked about that in, in my last episode actually on reflections and so yeah let's let's do some storytelling let's do some listening and let's um let's see what comes up so awesome well i um every episode i ask every guest the same five questions and that's where the story unfolds and what'll be a little different this time is um i'm going to ask the question into the space between the two of you i'm assuming you'll be sharing with us a story that you both have an experience with but i'll let you tell that and then um for the benefit of our listeners you know this is our first time doing a pairs episode so i think we're just going to kind of play with this and you know i'll ask the question whoever wants to answer answer and then we'll kind of go back and forth until we feel like everybody's had a chance to kind of say what they want to say or that um we've explored it so we'll we'll just kind of go back and forth a little different dynamic than just having one person on so all right let's start with the first question so where have you found yourself sitting on a comma in your life pops you want to take this first i'll go first with it i absolutely absolutely you know i i I think uh paul one of the biggest I think this is actually the origin for how Avery and I came together um, to work as business partners. Uh, Back in 2017, I began to get a little bit of antsy about staying in corporate America. I had been been in it for close to 25 years, and um, I, I just couldn't see myself just staying there until I retired and then retiring and not having any idea of what it is I wanted to do. And so I began to ask myself a lot of questions about like, what do you want to do in this second part of your life in this second act? And uh, I had the privilege, Paul, of doing a TED talk in 2015. And when I did that TED talk, uh, a light bulb just went off. I, I said to myself, you know, I can see doing this in the second act of my life and trying to make a living from it. And so from 2015 to early 2018, um, I was on a journey of putting my my corporate handcuffs away uh, and just jumping out with a leap of faith and trying to become a professional speaker. And that comma was real because I'll share this with you. 
I told a friend of mine after I did the TED talk in 2015, this is what I really want to do. And this is a person that I've known for 15 years. And she straight up said to me, well, you're not going to do anything yet. You're not ready to leave corporate America. And I was slightly offended, not really offended, but slightly like, you know, uh, aghast. What do you mean? And she said, you, you have too much of a fear of scarcity. That hit me mm. so hard because she was so right. <laughs> and it took me mm. two years to really go on a journey of, of self-discovery and asking myself the question, who am I? To get rid of that fear of scarcity that she mentioned and really take that leap. And so that's what I decided to do, you know, with the backing of my, my wife of over 30 years. She was like, go do your thing, do what it is that you want to do. And it was right at that time that Avi was graduating from college. And so I'll hand this off to him because he was on a comma at that point in time in his life and kind of led us to doing what we do together. So Avery, I'll, I'll toss this over to you, son. For sure. Well, and actually, actually, I'd love to, first of all, thank you. And I appreciate, you know, the, the, really the passion in that story. And Avery, before I come to you, I, I, you said something, Brian, that I'm, I, I'd love to, for the benefit of our listeners, unpack just a little bit more. You said, like before I threw the corporate handcuffs mm -hmm. off, what did you mean when you said corporate handcuffs, handcuffs specifically? Yeah. I guess I could actually say I should have added the word golden in there as well, Paul, because, you know, oftentimes we get into situations where we stay in places because of the financial benefits that come along with mm -hmm. that. And, you know, I was in a place in corporate America where I was doing very, very well, but I was feeling empty every day. I knew I wasn't making any sort of um, real positive change uh, in the lives of people or in our society or, or sharing a message that was really going to resonate with, with people and, and help them along their journey. And so that's what I meant by that. You yeah. know, when my friend told me the fear of scarcity, it was real because, you know, every two weeks, you know, I'm used to a really nice paycheck falling into my bank account. No matter what happens, mm -hmm. I can go on vacation for 10 days. My my direct deposit is going to happen. Mm -hmm. right? I could be sick for some time. My direct deposit was going to happen. I could completely hate what it is that I was doing, barely get through the week. But at the end of the day, I could you'll justify in my mind, yeah, but you're getting paid well to do this. And so that's what I mean by throwing away the, the, those, those corporate, we'll call them the golden handcuffs, uh, and just put that in my rearview mirror and not be afraid for that direct deposit to not hit my account every two weeks. And, and uh, that's what I, that's what I had to kind of go through on my own, had a coach to help me get through that, to get to a point where I was comfortable with whatever was going to happen in this new chapter that I was starting. It was going to be okay. Yeah. Yeah. I definitely hear you describing and, and kind of talking about attachment and there's so many different metaphors that are used out there in our common vernacular, you know, chaining myself to, or what have you, but, but you described a sense of attachment to something that was difficult to let go of. You use a very strong metaphor for it, which is very descriptive, right? And yet what's interesting, and we can come back to this later because I want yeah. I, I want to obviously respect Avery's um, story here as well, but you use the metaphor, but you didn't assign blame or responsibility to it. It just, you simply mm -hmm. described it as an attachment that you wanted to detach mm -hmm. from. So thank you right. for that. Absolutely. Avery, where have you found yourself sitting on a comma? 
Yeah, well, to to piggyback on my dad's story and to give you a little bit of context to where I was at that point in my life, he mentioned that I was getting ready to graduate from undergrad. And um, prior to my final semester, I had spent some time studying abroad in um, Sydney, Australia. And then I moved across the country from where I lived in Sacramento, California, to Washington, D.C., to intern at a public relations firm. And um, it was during that time that I started to gain a lot of confidence um, in, in my skills, a lot of confidence in who I who I am as a person. And so as my dad was beginning to launch his own company, you know, I, I, I wanted to help him out in a way. Uh, I wanted to help him get his business off the ground, you know, help him with, with some of the technical aspects, the social media aspects, the things that are really important, as we know now, in terms of promoting entrepreneurial businesses, right? And that's when my dad hit me with, you know, man, I know I'm doing this on my own, but I really think we should embark on this journey together like we should be speakers together mm. and this this wasn't the first time that my dad had brought this up in the past I kind of immediately turned it down I was like you know what I'm still learning a lot about myself I'm not ready for that I'm not ready to kind of be in that public sphere be in the public sphere like that but as I sat there during my last semester of undergrad and realizing that you know my options were either to jump right into some sort of grad program, start applying for jobs as many fresh graduates do, right? Get get those dozens of applications in. And then when my dad brought this up to me, it, it, it made me look down another lane that I hadn't seriously given thought before. And the comma that I was sitting on aside from making that decision was, you know, do I want to embark on a business journey with my dad. And, you know, that's, I'm blessed to have the opportunity to accept that. Absolutely. And at the same time, it wasn't something that I had already, I had previously thought of, right? It wasn't like we had a family business from the time that I was a little kid that I kind of expected to, you know, uh, move into. And and I felt like, you know, this could be a great opportunity. And at the same time, what does this mean for our dynamic, right? For our relationship, mm -hmm. obviously mm -hmm. being father and son, but then adding the variable of being business partners changes the dynamic of the relationship. And so that was the comma that, that I was sitting on in terms of, you know, is this something that I can see myself doing? long term you know or 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 for some foreseeable future and um and and as my dad mentioned that that's that's the origin of how we got to where we are today obviously you know i said yes and and we started building this business to, together and i actually started by just speaking to a group of family and friends uh in our local community of sacramento uh, about 40 people that we invited um, into a space to hear us tell our story, mm. our story about our own relationship and the trials and the tribulations and the successes that we had just to get some other people to hear what it is that we have to say. And the response was overwhelmingly positive. And, and it, that was the thing that set us up to, to really move forward in this business. And, and uh, it, it made me realize the impact that we could have 
on not just families, but um, on society as a whole. Yeah. Powerful stories. I want to kind of reflect back a little bit of what I'm hearing. So, you know, as we look at basically the thing that that joined you in this particular comma, right, was the prospect of this future business and this future kind of working endeavor. I see you coming at it from different angles um, or from different sides, if you will. Brian, this was the dream. And so what you were kind of struggling with was how do I detach and decouple from the other things that are keeping me anchored here when I want to go there? And yet, Avery what I'm hearing you describe is, is that the dream that I want? I may have other dreams. And so here you are kind of, I'm I'm, I'm seeing this visual of you both kind of circling the same kind of goal or, or dream, if you will, from different perspectives and angles. And yet it seems like that, that also kind of brought you together in a different way from how you'd been together before. You know, one of the things that and Avery obviously can speak for himself here. But one of the things that he said to me when he was a senior in college is that he wasn't sure he wanted to jump on the corporate hamster wheel. Mm. And a, a, a lot of that perspective um, came from watching me be mm. on the corporate hamster wheel mm. for, you know, most of his life, the majority of his life, all of his life. But for, you know, from when he can remember back me, you know, what it is that I did for a living. And you know, he saw, um, you know, a lot of times frustration within me. Uh, he saw um, a lot of um, just not being fulfilled and satisfied in the work that I was doing. And so I think, you know, he was just kind of laying low in the cut, if you will, just observing and saying like, yeah, my dad is this outgoing, you know, relationship centered person. And, let, and yet I'm seeing him be miserable at times. Uh, and Avery, you certainly stop me if I'm if I'm going down the wrong path here. But I think that he saw that and he was like, yeah, I'm not quite sure I want to do that. And and that, in my opinion, for him was kind of one of those things where it was just kind of like, yeah, let me look at some other options here. And it just so happens that the timing was right, you know, for the option of us to work together. Abe, am I am I off base with that? No, no, you're not. And And really, I I feel like. To add to what it is that you said, you know, I always felt like I could move into a role in a company at at any point in my life. I felt like that when I was 22. I still feel like that now that I'm 27. Um, what what really inspired me was trying to take on something that was genuinely unique. And it was outside of the box that I watched not only myself, but many of my peers put ourselves into in terms of, okay, you know, we go through schooling and then from schooling, we kind of figure out like, what is our lane? And I was inspired by trying to create a lane for myself. And I didn't really have an entrepreneurial spirit growing up, truly. Um, but Seeing that my dad wanted to embark on that journey, it gave me a lot of confidence in, in thinking, you know what, if there's anyone that I would do this with, it's him, right? And so um, at that point, that's that's what kind of sparked my interest. And, uh, and you know, if I, if I could get, you know, even, even deeper, Paul, um, I'm somebody who lives with attention deficit disorder. So for me, 
Mm. Living a structured life is is takes a lot of energy, takes a lot of intentionality, takes a whole lot of focus. And that's something that naturally I don't have. And so being able to carve out my own lane, my own space, my own working structure schedule and doing it in a way in which, you know, I'm very I'm utilizing my strengths, which is talking one and connecting with people too, right? And so the combination of all of those things of me kind of deciding, okay, what is it that I want to do, but also recognizing these are my strengths. These are the things that I'm naturally good at. How can I utilize this to carve out a lane? And, and obviously with it being with, being with my dad, you know, I, I don't think I could have been any, any luckier with, with uh, the opportunity that presented itself. It's it's really powerful, and I so appreciate what you're sharing because, you know, in in this dynamic between the two of you as father and son, and 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 it seems to me that you also have a very close bond and close relationship. You're modeling for us this other kind of broader dynamic, which is that people are always watching, people are always noticing, right? Um, and that. You know, we we don't have to have people give us advice or expertise for us to be able to see and observe and then be able to take in that information data. Obviously, we kind of joked about that at the beginning and then be able to find those answers within ourselves. And I know we have more questions and we're going to unpack this a little bit further. But, you know, I, I so appreciate what you're sharing about the dynamic for yourself, Avery, is you know, you're showing us how you can watch, you can listen, you can pay attention and and that you're taking notes, whether you really are consciously aware of it or not. And then that does influence or shape you. And it, it shaped you in two ways is what I hear. And I reflect a lot in these podcasts. So correct me wherever I misrepresent anything. But you saw in your father's experience and Brian's experience, something that you didn't want that that corporate experience, not just because of his own experience with it, but that didn't seem to align with what you wanted for yourself for a number of reasons that you shared with us. Yeah. And then you didn't necessarily use these words. So tell me if this is incorrect, but but what I feels like you did see in him was I'm not really sure about the speaking business and we've talked about it and everything, but what I do see in him is this ability to carve out his own lane. And that's what I want for myself as well. So you saw the something you didn't want. You saw something you do want. Obviously, Brian, you shared with us, you were pretty clear on this. You're coming from a different kind of end of this continuum, right? <laughs> Just this power of noticing, this power of being able to kind of allow that to translate into a vision for yourself. I'll I'll stop there. Thoughts? Yeah, yeah. The power of reflection is a is is an incredible tool, and something that I've leaned on for my entire life in terms of knowing. This is this is something that my my dad shared with me as I was growing up. Like you got to know where you've been to know where you're going, Mm -hmm. and being able to reflect on what is it that I've done up to this point in my life that has been successful and that I've enjoyed. And what are the things that I've done up to this point in my life that haven't been as successful and I might not uh, have enjoyed it 
as much. And then being able to adjust accordingly, being able to recognize that, but then putting that those lessons, those, those learnings into action. And I think that's a big part of, of my journey up to this point. And it's how I've gotten to this point um, to be, you know, to be a public speaker, to be an entrepreneur, um, to be somebody that's carved out my own lane. It really has, it's taken a lot of reflection. It's taken a lot of uh, time to sit back and think about these things very intentionally, very mm -hmm. deeply. Um, one of the things that my dad and I always bring to audiences' attentions is the question, who are you? And we ask people to really reflect on who they are. And we ask them to, to participate in an activity in which they share with somebody, sometimes a complete stranger, who they are. And that process can be really revealing for a lot of people because we don't always take the time to think about who we are. We don't always take the time to reflect on who we are, what our values are, how we perceive ourselves. A lot of times we let society mm -hmm. and culture determine that for us. And so part of part of the learning for me has, has been discovering who I am. And that's helped me get to this point today. Yeah, that sounds powerful. And, and you definitely acknowledge the fact that we live in a society where anything we're curious about, let's go look it up on Google. And I've, I've been guilty of it myself, where it's like I'm feeling a certain way or I'm going through a certain experience. And it's like, I'll go to Google as like, you know, it, it, with some very cleverly and articulately worded search phrases and keywords, mind you. Um and and I'm finally in this last year getting to the point where if I even unless it's for, you know, a recipe or directions or something like that. But if it has anything to do with me, my spirit, my mentality, my emotion or whatever, as soon as I go to type, I, I put the phone down, take the phone out of the hand. Right. Yeah. And and reflect. So so appreciate that. I, I, I want to jump into the second question here. I feel like you, you've you already, both of you kind of touched on this, but give you an opportunity to expand or add if there's anything else. And then, you know, Brian, this might be a good place for you to jump in as well. Second question is, you know, when you look back at this comma you were sitting on, what did this create for you? I feel like you've already started talking about that, but is there anything else you would add to that? Brian, let's, let's start with you. Yeah, you know, um, <clears throat> as a, as a dad, um, it, it has been such a rewarding experience and opportunity um, to work with my son, right, in the space that we work in. As Avery mentioned, you know, he didn't, we didn't have a family business that he grew up in, uh, uh, you know, thinking that, oh, I'll be part of this family business. But, you know, when, when, when we took on this role as, as motivational speakers, um, the interesting part uh, about that, uh, Paul, is, you know, Avery talked about we had 40 friends and family hear us talk. We, we developed, we created a signature talk about our story, right? Uh, and then to see where that's gone in five years through um, organizations bringing us in to talk about workplace relationships, right? Not only just our relationships, but workplace relationships, we take the same principles into those conversations that we that we have when we talk about family relationships. But I can't I can't tell you how many times people have just said it must be great to work with your son. Mm. Uh, uh, and it made me realize because we have the opportunity to speak to so many people and then 
have engagement with them after we speak. How many people um, would love to do what it is that I'm doing with, with a family member? Uh, and it's something that I think I kind of took for granted a little bit, that it's, it's really rewarding. I did not realize when we first started this uh, how impactful it is for people to see a father and a son. And I'm sure it would be the same thing if it was a mother speaking with her daughter on stage to see the kind of interaction, the banter back and forth. Um, you know, the digs that you you take at each other, um, the humor that it really does give people a sense, a warm feeling and a desire to try and um, go back and perhaps mend some relationships that perhaps aren't where they want it to be. Uh, and it's so rewarding to me to have this opportunity to speak with my son or speak with my son on stage. And also be very frank with people that, you know, the work that it took for us to get to this point, you know, Avery often says we used to live on pain island. Uh, but all of the things that we're going to share with you uh, today has allowed us to begin to live on a place called Pleasure Island. And I love the I love the analogy there. Right. Because, you know, it, it's it's so easy to to have difficulties in your relationships and not be able to recover from that for whatever reason it is. We can get deep on that in terms of family trauma, generational trauma, all those type of things play into it. But it's so rewarding to me. I, I thought it would be rewarding, Paul, when he first came on with me. I had no idea how rewarding it would really be. And to just hear from other people that say, you know, this is the relationship I want with my son or my daughter. Mm. And you all have inspired me today to, to go back and work on that. That's more powerful than I ever thought it could be. And I thought it was powerful um, that we would do this thing together. That's why I was kind of bugging him a little bit and said, like, yo, we need to do something together, man. Let's talk about our story and just kind of see how it impacts people. But I had no idea um, how how impactful and how deep it is for people to see this. And I think that for me, that has been the most rewarding thing. It's not always easy uh, as, as you know, we have generational differences. We have the father and son dynamic. We have different perspectives on how to approach like uh, business opportunities and, and direction that we go in. But that's what makes it fun. Right. Uh, and that's what makes it interesting. So I know my wife is tired of us coming to her to be the tiebreaker in things. Uh, and since she tends to go side with Avery, I've stopped doing that, Paul. I don't even go to her anymore. I go to Avery's younger brother and just say, "Hey, man, can you like, you know, give Dad a little bit of encouragement here, man? I'm getting, I'm getting double teamed here." But it's just really rewarding to just be in this business with him. <laughs> Avery, how about you? What what has uh, sitting on this comma created for you? I think it's it's created a lot of confidence within me, um, being able to build something from the ground up um, with my dad has given me a lot of um, it's given me a lot of like creative confidence in what I can envision doing in my life. Um, and, and from that step that like, that's invaluable for me at this point in my life, because it's shown me that, you know, there's, there's things that I can, set my mind to and go out and do for the rest of my life. Right. And I also feel like it's, it's really grown our relationship. Um, it's grown 
us as friends. Um, it's grown, it's grown our relationship from the standpoint of, you know, um, from being father and son, I think we can, we can have conversations naturally with me being an adult now, but we can have conversations about things that, um, I value from the standpoint of learning about, you know, my dad's journey and, you know, hearing kind of where he was at this point in my life and then being able to take that um, and, and, you know, grow, grow to places that, um, that, you know, maybe, maybe he uh, not just wanted for himself, but he absolutely wants for me and my brother, Justin. So I think that those are the main things that uh, it's created for me is a lot of confidence. And then it's, it's um, enhanced our relationship. Such great insight. Um, and I, I just have to acknowledge the two of you for for the dynamic. Obviously, I, I, I believe you're already aware of 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 this. I mean, because that's what you're out there doing is, you know, making a living with this. But it's just really so cool to see the dynamic between the two of you and how fluidly you two are able to share and and talk and then be able to kind of hand off and transition to each other. So I just I wanted to acknowledge you for that. I think that's amazing. Yeah, um, thank you. What have you learned about yourself as a result of this comma that you've been sharing with us today? I really have learned that something I didn't realize when we started this endeavor together is the power of stories and the the power of being vulnerable enough to tell our own story one of the things that i mentioned to my dad when we first started is that i didn't i didn't know or even necessarily believe that what i had to share could be impactful to others and i think that stemmed from my perspective was that our relationship was, it was just my norm. It it was, it was essentially normal for me. And so therefore, why would anyone want to hear about it? And he quickly let me know that just because it's normal for me and him doesn't mean it's normal for other people. And so he opened my eyes to that. And, and as we've grown together in this mm. business, that realization has grown truer and truer and truer because uh, it doesn't matter what audience we're speaking to. Inevitably, somebody you know comes up to us and lets us know that some aspect of what we said really touched them. It was really impactful for them. And so the evolution for me has been going from a place where I didn't believe that what I had to say could be impactful to now realizing the true power of my words and, and realizing how important it is, the things that I say and how it is that I'm trying to um, impact other people's lives. There's, there's a lot of, there's, um, there's a lot of responsibility and there's, there's a lot of, um, communal gain from that when we when we actually are open-minded to one another as as humans to realize that you know everybody has a story to tell and we can all learn something from each other's stories right and you know sometimes they're good things that we can learn and sometimes they're not so good things 
right? Sometimes learning about the not so good things are as valuable as learning about the good components to each story and, and, and each person that we come across. So that's the main thing that I'd say I've, I've learned is the power of storytelling. Yeah, you know, it's interesting, uh, Paul, earlier you mentioned you're working on uh, being a better listener, right? Uh, you, you, you brought that up when we were, we were talking and that's my journey, Paul, in, in terms of uh, trying to become a better listener. I mean, admittedly, I have not always been a good listener. And the fact of the matter is, is that, you know, going into this endeavor with Avery, you know, naturally, as a father, you're kind of like, okay, so, so we're going to do this thing. Okay, so this is the way that we're going to do it. And so forth. And he has his own ideas. And he has, you know, his own perspectives on how things could get done. And, and I had to kind of, you know, hit that stop sign a little bit and just say, okay, man, like, he's your business partner now. You have to really be open to listen to what it is that he can add in this endeavor because quite frankly a lot of the things that he's saying are a a little bit more relevant than the baby boomer perspective that you're bringing Mm. and so that has been that has been very very interesting uh for me um to really be able to acknowledge uh that dynamic and one of the things that i say to people my age all the time and we even speak speak about this depending on whatever what the content that we're sharing is that as an older generation, like we have to be comfortable passing that torch and being open to new ideas, new perspectives, trying to put ourselves in younger people's shoes to understand why they feel the way that they feel and why they do the things that they do. And uh, that's been big for me because uh, I'm a work in progress. I think we're all under construction. Uh, and that's one, that's one of the big pieces of construction that I am under is becoming a good listener. I, I often tell a story, Paul, when Avery was younger, I was his um, AAU uh, travel basketball coach for five years. And so that meant that, you know, we had practice two nights a week. Uh, we had uh, games on Saturdays and Sundays and tournaments. You know, here, this guy, you know, he's 10. 11, 12 years old. So he's hearing me, you know, coach him in practice. He's hearing me coach, you know, the team on the weekends. And uh, for some odd reason, I always felt like on the way home from the tournament on the weekends, he needed more coaching in the car. Mm. <laughs> and the reality of it was, is that that's the last thing he needed. And so I used to look in the rearview mirror as I'm talking and he would just be staring out the window, ignoring every word that I'm saying. And my wife just simply said, like, he's tuned you out. You need to understand timing is everything. And that resonated with me Mm -hmm. so quick. And it wasn't like I was able to stop doing it, right? Because, again, I'm still working on that. But I think the message is so strong is that in our relationships, timing is everything. You know, we can say what we want to say at the time we want to say it. But if the other person isn't in that space to receive what you're saying... Yeah. Like there's no progress being made. So that's been big for me to learn how to be a better, more person, a better, more uh, patient listener. 
Well, and it's 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 fascinating too because I so appreciate what you're both sharing, and yet if if we look at what you just said, one of you said the power of speaking, the other of you said the power of listening, mm-hmm. and and it's not so much that one of those is right or one of those is wrong, is that everything has a place, and and you kind of said it really succinctly there towards the end of what you shared, Brian, which is timing is everything. So really being able to tune in, be observant, be noticing, and know when it's time to listen and when it's time to speak and and trusting in the power of both of those things. Well, and if I could add really quickly, Paul, you know, to be able to remove your agenda, uh, right? Yes. And, 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 and there it is for me, right? Because you know, oftentimes I would find myself thinking about what I was going to say before, like he was even finished speaking, right? Mm-hmm. How how unfair is that? Uh, and so to be able to begin to realize that you know you 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 fancy yourself as being a good communicator, and yet one of the biggest aspects of communication, if not the biggest aspect of communication, is learning how to listen and listen uh, actively. Yeah. And and that that's what's that's what's really been. Uh, interesting for me, and I'm I'm still working on that. And he doesn't hesitate to remind me. <laughs> he doesn't hesitate to remind me that I'm still working on that. But the 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 last point I want to make here, I want to just chime in. You said, you know, I'm approaching it from the standpoint of listening. Avery's approaching it from the standpoint of speaking. What's really interesting about that? It's like a role reversal thing that's going on, because Avery's always been a really good listener. Right. I've always been a fairly good speaker. And now we're in this journey where like we got, you know, we're wearing uh, each other's shoes now. Like he's he's had to learn how to become a better speaker because you're stepping in front of a room of a couple of thousand people on this stage. Right. You have to be confident and know, like, stay within yourself to do what it is that we have to do. And I've had to really listen to him you know, over time, school me on stuff on how I could be better, you know, and what it is that I'm doing. So it's just kind of funny how we're, we're, it's just a role reversal thing that's gone on through mm. this five years of working together. I feel like you kind of talked about this a little bit as well, but let me throw it out there. So what has changed for you, or maybe what is most changed for you as a result of sitting on this comma? That's an excellent question. <laughs> Want to go first, Avery? Yeah. Yeah. Um, I think, well, let's see. What what has changed for me as a result of sitting on this comma? I think I have gained a new perspective on where my career is going and how I can utilize my passions to turn that into a, um, a living for myself. Uh, and from that regards... Like I mentioned earlier, I never had a uh, I, I never had this thought of, OK, you know, I'm going to go to college and then I'm going to start my own business. Right. But I, I'm a big believer in just kind of following the signs. Um, I'm a big believer in the fact that life is going to present opportunities and it's up to us to seize the moment. It's up to us to be prepared to take advantage of whatever opportunities come our way. And so uh, I think that has, I don't necessarily know if that's, that's been a big change in me, mm-hmm. but it's certainly, um, it's certainly that, that mindset has come to fruition 
by virtue of of starting this business together, growing this business together, and seeing you know where we are, and and I, I mentioned confidence before, but now I have a totally different perspective on what it is that the two of us can accomplish together in this business. I think my my expectations for myself have been the thing that have changed. My expectations for our our business together have have grown. Um, and, um, and they've, they've catapulted, uh, I'll speak for myself, but they've catapulted me to a place where, you know, now I'm, now I have this entrepreneurial spirit and I'm, and I'm kind of just always looking for the next opportunity, right? Like I'm always ready for that next moment to, to be able to seize it. Yeah. You know, I think for me, Paul, um, and I say this, I say this, to audiences all the time. As somebody that has more runway behind me than I do ahead of me, mm-hmm. uh, it's it's a wonderful feeling to every day wake up uh, and enjoy what it is that I'm doing because I'm not concerned about what my resume says anymore, right? I, I'm just in this space where we're trying to, to spread a positive message um to people and it's so very very rewarding um to be able to do that you know and i did not know in 2015 before i did that ted talk that i didn't know what i i knew i wanted to do something i didn't know what it is that i wanted to do but i knew i wanted to do something that was impactful right and from a financial standpoint like what's going to be is going to be and to kind of find this space where like you can do what it is that you want to do. You can have the impact that you desire to have. Uh, you know, there's some financial rewards and benefits that come along with that. And you can work, you know, every day uh, with your with your son. That's huge. You know, that's huge to be able to 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 be at this place uh, in my journey and have that feeling on a daily basis. And then Moreover, to be able to when the time comes when I'm no longer doing this thing with a we're no longer the Avery and Brian experience, right? It becomes the, the Avery experience <laughs> that he is equipped now to um, move forward to do whatever it is that he wants to do uh, in life. If he wants to continue to be a motivational speaker, he knows how to tell his story now. He knows how to get on a stage and kind of command uh, an audience. He knows how to be comfortable doing that. If he wants to be a workshop facilitator, he knows how to do that now because we've, we've done this thing uh, together. If he wants to write a book, he knows how to do that now because we've written a book together. And so just from a parent perspective, that that's even more rewarding to know that, you know, he can now do whatever it is he chooses to do in an entrepreneurial space because he now has gotten you know, real life experience on how to do that, right? He he he's he's gotten to know mm-hmm. contracts. He's gotten to know content creation. He's gotten to know, um, you know, accounting printer. He's gotten to know all of these things, and um, that wasn't even really part of my thought process when we started this. But now that we're here, um, that even makes it better. That's icing on the cake for me, um, that he's more equipped now at 27 than when he was at 22. And I don't know what the heck he's going to be doing at 37. I mean, the sky is really the limit 
uh, for him because he's that talented uh, and he's he's got the right perspective about life. And um, I applaud him and I admire him for that. Yeah. Well, and I acknowledge you too, Brian, because one of the things you said that was important to you was making an impact. And it seems like it's starting right here at home. Yeah. Indeed. Yeah. Indeed. Indeed. Absolutely. That's the best impact. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Last of the five questions. When I say, what does getting off the comma look like for you? What comes up for you? Avery, let's start with you. I think getting off the comma is, is just about taking action. It's about putting one foot in front of the other. And I equate that to progress. You know, um, sometimes, you know, you equated being on the comma as like being stuck. And I found myself not just in this scenario that we've talked about during this podcast episode, but in other instances in my life when I'm just stuck. And part of part of me getting unstuck is just taking a step in some direction. And I know that, you know, sometimes that can be a slippery slope, right? Mm. Because the choices we make and the decisions we make ultimately set us up for what's to come. But I do feel like it is about taking action and then having that ability to reflect, right? As we talked about earlier, being able to take take that step and then reflect on, okay, where did that step take me? Where did that lead me to? And then Based on what you learn, take another couple of steps and then pause, reflect, look around, think about where is that taking me? Where is that leading me? Is that leading me to a place that I desire? Is that leading me down a, a, a down a rabbit hole that maybe, you know, I'm not going in the right direction? But it is about taking action. That's what that's what getting off the comma means to me. Mm. And and I hear you really in including a distinction here, which is that action and pause don't have to be independent or separate. They can be used together is what I'm also hearing you say. Simultaneous. Yeah. Absolutely. Brian, what about you? Yeah. Um, for me, Paul, uh, getting off the comma really has a, a freedom is the word that comes to mind for me because uh, you know, to be able to um, be creative uh, and develop any sort of content that that we want to, you know, it, there's this phrase, obviously everyone knows the phrase, think outside of the box. My response to that is there is no box except the one that we put ourselves in. Mm -hmm. And getting off the comma, you know, means that you can paint outside of, you know, paint outside of lines uh, to be able to, come up with anything and everything. And sometimes Avery has to bring me back, but you know, it, it I, I've gone from a structured corporate setting, um, you know, where I had felt all this pressure and, you know, numbers had to be met and you're leading teams of people and human resource issues and all these different things to just being able to be free to create what it is that, that I want to create and, you know, and, and to just have a blank, canvas and you know just start painting on it it may not make sense to everybody else in that moment but it makes sense to me and you know that's what's been important to me and so uh avery's been kind enough to go along with some of my wild ideas tame them down a little bit but it's just a freedom it's a freedom to create and not be stuck and and i i love the journey every day nice. that's powerful 
All right. So before we get into wrapping it up, uh, one last question for you each. And again, uh, you know, kind of a short, what comes to your heart, what comes to your gut answer. Um, what would you acknowledge yourself for? Um, for me, uh, I would acknowledge myself, um, as being some, I'm gonna go back to the word encouraging because encouraging is a big part uh, of my life. I had a father that was very encouraging. And so that for me is just an acknowledgement to encourage people to live the life that they want to live uh, and to try to empower them through, through encouragement. So many people uh, grow up not believing themselves or believing in themselves and, you know, whatever environment perhaps that you grew up in or whatever household, none of us has the, none of us has the ability to choose our family and choose our parents, right? And so, you know, when when you can give encouragement to people, you know, through love and through your heart, that's kind of how I try to operate. Avery, how about you? Yeah, it kind of aligns with that. But I would say optimism or being optimistic. Mm-hmm. And um, I think that's a huge part of my journey. It's it's a major reason for what it is that I do. And um, you mentioned Pops being able to to encourage through love and I'll add positivity in that. I think my positivity and my optimism is, is probably my, my greatest strength or, or my superpower, if you will. And so uh, being able to, to see opportunity, even in challenging times, even in times of despair, I think that's something that has allowed me to continue to progress to where I am now. And and that's something that I'll cherish and hold deeply as I continue to move through life and, you know, through whatever hurdles that life throws my way or puts in front of me. That optimism is something that that I will use. And that optimism is something that I will try to spread to those around me and, and to society as a whole. Beautiful messages and beautiful words. And, you know, it, it, it it's so cool to be able to hear you describe it for yourself. Now, personally, knowing that this is what you embody in the work that you're doing and you're putting out there in the world, too. So now it kind of like dots are connected for me. Where could people find you if they want to look you up or learn more about you? Totally. Uh, First things first, our website, AveryAndBrian.com. That's A-V-E-R-Y-A-N-D-B-R-I-A-N.com. And then aside from our website, you can find us on LinkedIn. That's probably the social media platform where we have our biggest presence is LinkedIn uh, and Instagram as well. Um, Avery and Brian experience on both of those things. Uh, And then we have a YouTube channel as well uh, where we add in some clips of us speaking and you can see a, a whole lot more video content on our YouTube page. Nice, nice. And last thing before we uh, end is um, for all of my guests that I have on the show, I give them an opportunity because it's an important part of their story to also boost and support other creators or causes or organizations. I call this acknowledgments. So, you know, who would you like to give a voice to and, you know, what's important about them to you? Yeah, Uh, Paul, the, the, the organization that comes to mind for the two of us is really the uh, National Head Start Association. Head Start is a program uh, that's been around since 1965. It's about early childhood education for people who um, 
financially or not in the, the best positions. Uh, and it, the work that they do is really powerful. We've had the opportunity to do a lot of work in the Head Start um, um, hemisphere, if you will, um, in terms of, of, of family, father engagement types of things. And, you know, we're talking about a, a lot of people uh, that have great impacts on children and families, and they don't get financially uh, rewarded for that. Um, um, in the way in that I feel like they should. And so, you know, I always tell them that you're doing God's work here um, by having the impact that you do and just trying to make it day to day themselves. And so the National Head Start Organization, um, there's over 7,000 um, Head Start uh, organizations nationwide. So in your particular area, wherever you may be located, if you just said local Head Start uh, organizations, you can Google that. Uh, and the fact of the matter is that they're always looking for volunteers. They're always looking for people that can mm. can help them out and uh, be a part of that. And so, you know, they, they're big for us, and um, we just uh, we appreciate what it is they do. Nice, nice. Well, and it it, it makes so much sense having hear, heard your story and knowing what I know about you. So powerful. Brian Avery, thank you so much for being on the show today. And um, I look forward to, I'm, I'm a lucky person. I get to have more conversations with you. So um, yeah. I hope our listeners will check you out and um, contact you as well. So thank you for being here. Thank you for sharing your story. Thank you for being patient with this experiment and uh, look forward to our next conversation. Well, thank you for having us. We appreciate you uh, allowing us to share some time with you. Thank you, Paul. Absolutely. My pleasure. Talk to you then. What an honor it is to witness these stories from these amazing human beings, and today's guest was no exception. I invite you to think about what you learned from this conversation. What stood out for you? What challenged you? What inspired you? And I encourage you to write it down in some form of journaling and reflection. I can't tell you how magical it can be to set aside your expectations and just let your thoughts flow out of your head and onto paper. You don't have to have an agenda. You don't have to do anything with it, but you can be amazed at what comes out of your thoughts and onto paper and what that can do for you. I know freestyle journaling has been a powerful practice in my life for a very long time. You just never know what you might discover about yourself. Thank you for listening to this episode of Off The Comma. Follow me on social media at Off The Comma and also look for upcoming workshops and events at offthecomma.com or better yet, go to offthecomma.com and sign up for my mailing list and let me bring the news directly to you. I am passionate about keeping this podcast ad free so that we create a safe container for people to be able to tell their stories uninterrupted by commercials and promotions. I currently cover all the production costs and I'm happy to continue doing so. And I'm also open to and appreciative of any donations that anyone would like to contribute. This is nothing more than to be able to support the podcast and cover some of the monthly editing and producing and equipment costs that are associated with this podcast. So look for the donations link in the podcast descriptions wherever you find this podcast. Be sure to like this episode, follow the podcast, and more importantly, spread the good word. If you were moved by today's conversation, pass it along to someone you care about. As always, keep noticing.